What a lovely track. That's Esperanza Spalding. And that is our featured artist today on JJ's Music Box. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the brunch, uh, to brunch with me, Sadia. And I have got my guest in, Joan Javeri, who is coming in for JJ's Music Box. And as I said, we wanted to just feel a little bit about the um, uh, the artist who we're featuring today. And that was her. So, first of all, let me welcome JJ back into the studio. Good afternoon. Good morning to you. Here we go. <laughs> so used to saying afternoon to you. How are you? Oh, I couldn't be better. Look at the weather out there. It is it's the best a- time to be in Hong Kong. It is. And there's always a slight prospect that I will be able to travel after a long time. Yes, it's so nice. And as I was saying, it's actually much easier now. You know, when you land at Hong Kong Airport, you know, you're in and out pretty fast. So it is good. So well done to the people who are making that possible at the moment. Absolutely. That's all that is good about this city. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, you know, just great, great to be back in the studio and introduce uh, Esperanza Emily Spalding. Yeah, I haven't, you know, this is something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago when yeah. we decided mm-hmm. you were going to come on, and I hadn't actually heard of her, but then, you know, it's quite a few of the artists that you mentioned I haven't heard of. So tell me about her. Is well, she quite young? Yes, she is still very young. She was born in um, 1984, mm-hmm. so she's just uh, two years shy of being 40. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I've chosen her, Sadia, today is, remember, we, we've been profiling all the greats. Mm-hmm. Um, Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan and, uh, you know, the artists like Um Kultum, Lata Mangeshka. Yeah, the real classics, yeah, the, that's the, right. The, the ones that defined a generation. The reason why I chose Esperanza is... She is very much, uh, she's very different from the rest of them. A, she is young, but I think that she has all the makings of a great genius. Mm, that's major acclaim there for you. Yeah, <laughs> from, absolutely. From Jiang, who knows his music. Right? She's all the makings of the great genius. Um, you know, she's... Um, um, you know, mastered the violin when she was five. Wow. She's mastered classical music. She's mastered jazz. She's mastered Afro-Latin. She's a bassist. She's a composer. She's a singer. She's a lyricist, you know, and she plays a bunch of other in- instruments as well, the clarinet, the oboe, and God. My goodness, immensely talented lady. In- immensely talented. And also... Very unusual for a performing artist. She has a very strong academic side to her career as well. Being the youngest teacher of the, at the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. She was a teacher then. She taught music there when she was barely 20. My goodness. And yet, I, you know, I haven't really, I suppose, not that it's a thing for me, but I haven't really heard from her. I'm, I don't know. Do many people know about her, I suppose? Well, I spe- the jazz aficionados would. Mm-hmm. Although she's also been the target of critics, you know, saying, ah, oh, she's too young. Oh, you know, this is still juvenile and stuff like that. But you always find that people would say something like that, um, especially those who are died in the wool. Um, mind you, uh, you know, sometimes they too um, have a point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you track... Uh, uh, an artist's development, and particularly when as they're growing as an artist, um, they do go through these stages. You know, everybody wants, when they're young, wants to show what they can do. But in her case, 
you know, um, if you look at, listen, we, we heard a track there which was from her second self-titled album called Esperanza, which she uh, launched in uh, 2008 when she must have been barely 24. Mm, so young, my goodness. Yes. Mm. And you could see the artistry there. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see the command over her voice. Mind you, she was never really, she never really intended to become a singer. In fact, you know, she was a trained musician, not so much a trained singer okay. to begin with. You know, she herself claims that, you know, she started singing in the shower. Oh, really? <laughs> when she had to sing just to see how lyrics fitted with the music and her compositions. And uh, then she found herself that, oh, well, you know, I might as well just sing. Mm-hmm. And she started singing and there you go. And uh, as I said, because of her command over several different genres, um, like you heard bits of Brazilian, a Brazilian touch in the song that we heard. Mm-hmm. Of course, there mm-hmm. was jazz. You know, the next track that we are going to listen to is very bluesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, today the tracks that I have selected give an insight and a very, uh, they, they cover a very wide range of genres. And so you'd know how how supremely talented this girl is. So let's just uh, listen in uh, to the next track, shall we? Esperanza and Hold On Me. Wow, what a powerful voice she has. And really sultry number, that one. Absolutely. And so you get an idea of um, the variety of genres that this lady um, has uh, presented her music. I mean, she wrote that song, she composed it, she arranged it, and look at that big band sound, so different from the first number that we heard. Wonderful track, really And being able to kind of um, parlay your vocal skills into multiple genres, there are very few people that I have seen doing this. Mm, mm. And and so, I mean, such um, a, a talented woman at such a young age, I mean, obviously she did that, you know, as you said, when she was 20 and she was teaching people and all sorts. That's quite amazing. Wow. Absolutely. And mind you, this uh, Esperanza in at such a young age has already got five Grammys. Oh, gosh. One which she won earlier this year as well. Mm. It's a very interesting story about um, her first Grammy in 2011, which she got for the best new vocal talent. And uh, it caused quite a stir because somebody said that she snatched it away from Justin Bieber. (laughs) And Justin Bieber friends were just up in arms because nobody expected that she would get it. Mm -hmm. They thought it's going to be their heart throb. And here is this girl, A, who is not even mainstream. She is jazz. And she comes in and she just wipes the slate clean. Wow. And then later on, you know, she did many. In fact, she also got a Grammy for an album 
which uh, later uh, she, I think it was called, um, let me just uh, refresh my memory, I just want to be specific, 12 Little Spells, mm -hmm. which she recorded over 77 hours. Right. Apparently in a Facebook live session. So <laughs> she did not leave herself any room for going back and correcting. My goodness. Right. And this, um, this music was, uh, every song that she did there was dedicated to a different part of the body. Okay. So you had uh, something for the thoracic cavity, <laughs> something for the shoulder, <laughs> something for the mind, you know. That'd be interesting S to yes, listen to. Wow. Something for joints, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. But I thought that it was, uh, you know, a bit too esoteric, but it was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting well, that somebody could think about it. Very it? creative. I mean, absolutely. Yes. And the, one, the other, other thing about her music is she's tried to, although she's quite pretty looking on stage, I've got to admit, but she's tried to stay away and she's already made a point in public that she, you know, she doesn't want herself or the music to be over-sexualized. Mm -hmm. And she's tried to stay away from the typical flirtatious, uh, come-hither mm -hmm. kind of songs mm -hmm. and gone into more lyrics. Some of her lyrics are borderline activist as well. She has mm -hmm. been associated with quite good some uh, quite a number of causes that as you can well imagine mm -hmm. um including uh, protesting against the guantanamo bay uh, prisons right. at one okay. stage she even performed at uh, barack obama's nobel prize uh, function okay he chose her and i mean she's performed at the white house for him he seems to be quite a big fan of hers and that's understandably yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm well. I'm going to start listening to her. <laughs> yeah, you know, performing performing at jazz clubs. I mean, she grew up in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and again had a bit of a rough childhood. Brought up by a single mother, lived in a district which was overrun by gang violence, but picked up the music because her mother was a jazz guitarist. Okay, so she learnt from her mother then. So, uh, formal training was there because we always look at whether they've got had formal yes, training. Yes, definitely. As such. Yes, but interestingly, what she what would do is what she would do. Her mother would do is take her with her during her classes mm -hmm. uh, when she received her training in jazz guitar, and this girl would come home, pick up everything, and try to reproduce everything. Wow! And then her mother got her to learn violin. So she joined a chamber orchestra. So she grew up with classical music and she mastered that. Mm -hmm. And we'll see in the next uh, track that we will play where she used, like, first song was jazz band and, you know, Brazilian rhythms. The second song that we heard was big band. The third song that we will hear in a short while is going to be with strings. She uh, uh, recorded an album called Chamber Music Society where she wrote for strings. So that was her classical training. Mm-hmm. And you can see that coming through all of this. It's not um, oftentimes people love to mix genres, but then it that, then it it is it is all just a mix. It is not a blend. So that's why I'm a bit wary of the word fusion, mm -hmm. even though she mm -hmm. loves to talk about fusion music. But it's a very you know it's it's like how you go to one of these restaurants and they say, all right, you know, here's fusion Chinese food where, you know, Chinese and Italian crosses mm -hmm, and, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of go, okay. <laughs> you don't trust it. I know you don't like the word fusion because that was mentioned no. before when you came on um, talking about another of the artists that you don't like that word. Yeah, because I think, I mean, this is at least my approach is that you present what you are good at. 
Let the others present what they are good at and let there be a happy meeting place. And there will always be a happy meeting place because music is a universal language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And often I listen to her music. I don't find that uh, hodgepodge. Mm -hmm. So she does it very expertly. Mm -hmm. well, she sounds, she sounds actually, you know, from it, it's really sort of a solid sound that she has. And she sounds incredibly experienced and incredibly mature when she's singing, because I can hear, I can sense the control in her voice. That's obviously something that, you know, that is purely, a, I suppose, a gift for her, isn't it, that she's had? Yep, absolutely. And you see, she also had a mu interest in music of other cultures. Um, she, in fact, stayed in Brazil for a month uh, and learned Portuguese. She sings in English, Spanish and Portuguese. I mean, all of these musicians are linguists. We've been through this many times. Yeah, and the whole point is, is that because I suppose, you know, this is again, it's worth mentioning that the reason that they're so good at this is because sound is their thing. And for them to hear a particular, you know, a song in a different language, they can pick it up very easily because they, they're listening to the, for the sounds, right? Yeah, that's true. That's one thing. The other thing that, as I mentioned, I really like about her is that there is a scholarly side to her mm -hmm. and her whole career as an academic. Now, when you um, become an academic, as you probably you know too, only too well, and we all know only too well, especially those of us who are friends in academia, mm -hmm. um, they uh, are exposed to a lot of literature. Mm -hmm. They're very well read. And therefore, it broaden, broadens their horizons. And they bring a certain intellectual uh, approach to an art form, which I think is necessary. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why she's she's a great... In fact, you know, it's not only the Berkeley College of Music, apparently, she's also a professor of music at Harvard. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. So is she, she's actively sort of teaching at the moment too, is she? So is she still, she's got her music career, but she's also an academic, That's right? correct. Wow. Um, she, in July 2017, she was uh, appointed a professor of the practice of music at Harvard University. Wow. And Hats off to her. Absolutely. And for, for that, that tells you a lot that she's able to straddle both those worlds of academia as well as performance. Mm, right. That's very impressive. And the other thing that you want to mark, I mean, is a, it's, it's, it's a discussion that I often have with my academic friends, especially who are in the faculty of music. You know, I enjoy talking to them. And one of the things that I always ask them is, you know, tell me or give me examples of academics who have become great musicians. <laughs> they struggle. <laughs> so I always tell them it is easier and it is better for a performer to, you know, then go into academia and put put an in, uh, so that they can put an intellectual framework around their art. Yeah, yeah. And that is something brilliant. And so this is where it is. No, that's amazing. Um, Jiang, we'll continue to talk about her, and obviously we still have some music to play. Um, but before that, let's go across over to the newsroom for the news headlines. It's 11.31, and Jiang Javeri is in the studio with me, with JJ's Music Box, talking about Esperanza Spalding. And Jiang, um, anything else that you want to tell me about her before we listen to her track? Well, I've covered almost everything, but um, you know, it's it's uh, for me, Esperanza is somebody to watch, mm -hmm. and I do think that she has a very good chance of uh, making it to the pantheon 
of the jazz greats that we have reviewed, uh, profiled in our series, such as um, Ella Fitzgerald and um, uh, Sarah Vaughan. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things is that she also uh, broke the mold um, in terms of... Uh, uh, you know, one of the things that people talk about uh, when they talk about Esperanza Spalding is, you know, it's not been easy for women art, especially for musicians and bassists to break in. Bass, bass was always considered, the double bass was always considered to be a male bastion, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But she broke into it. And in the initial stages, you know, they say, oh, well, this is so different. It's not as masculine enough. And I mean, what else did you expect? <laughs> You know, Not as masculine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the kind of stuff that you have to put up with critics, you know. And they said, oh, she's, you know, she. It's, it feels like a butterfly. But yes, that's exactly the point. That's that, right. <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh. Well, anyway, so the next track is very, very, very special because it's actually a poem by William Blake called Little Fly, which she set to music. Right. So it's amazing, right? You've got a poet like William Blake. And you've got a composer like her, and this what composition has got classical overtones because well, of the use of strings. I look forward to playing. It's going to be a little fly. But before that, let me just thank you, Jiang, for coming in today. And it's been lovely hearing about her. And, you know, watch the space. Seriously, you've got to keep an eye out or an ear out for her, actually. Absolutely. She sounds amazing. Thank you so much. Thank for you so much, Sadia. And we're going to leave pleasure. you with little fly.